The Deep Dive presents the fifth-year option NFL Draft Podcast with Andy Molitor and Vegas Refund, powered by Betsburgs. Hey, guys, it's me, it's Luke, it's Andy. Talking draft, it is April, which is the kind of the time of the year where I thought we'd get some halfway normal mocks that I could respect. I was dead wrong. People are still and in the streets. A lot of things are undecided. Uh, this draft might as well be held in May, the way the timeline's going between the mockers and the, the uh, sports books. I'm in a hotel room in Chicago. I got an event tonight I got to go to. Luke's just in the same conference room he saw us in. How are you doing today, Mr. Vegas Refund? We're good. We're good. What event are you going to? Oh, shit. It's, just a, it's a Bleacher Nation thing. I'm going to go up to Wrigleyville and just, I'm assuming... There should be some sort of open bar for employees. If not, I'll be driving back home tonight, I guess. Cool. Such is life. But, uh, yeah, what's the uh, biggest takeaways from the last couple of weeks here? Is Mine is I'm still mad about the markets. I mean, <laughs> there stuff is starting to trickle out in the legal markets. I mean, right before the show, which I think we know the reason, the number one odds kind of went off the rails. And then they – reconvened and came back to normal normal levels but i think it was very much dov Kleiman or whoever it is uh retweeting a video or a clip from chris mortensen basically saying bryce young was the pick which i believe happened like monday um, yeah. and DraftKings like pulled the number one odds caesars pulled and then fanduel adjusted to basically like minus 110 for bryce and Stroud, uh, and then it quickly came back up, and it just shows you how sensitive the market is. But at the same time, like I'm not, there's nothing I'm doing. Um, number one pick couldn't have less interest. Like I care who goes, uh, but like I'm not hedging. I'm not doing anything of that nature uh, based off of things like this. Yeah, I'd, I'd say most of the smart moves from you know people we know who bet the draft year in and year out were made very early when, hey, Richardson might get some steam. I'm going to bet him at, like, a big-ass number. Same thing with, like, yeah, I know some people that have some Levis tickets that are, I mean, those are dead, but such is life. They they didn't bet Levis at, like, 5-1. to one. They bet him at, you know, 30, 40, whatever it was, big numbers. And, yeah, I, I just want I want to make that clear. This is a consensus move by I mean, Luke and I uh, to not move on this. Because and producer Dan said it well while we were off the air. How irrelevant ESPN has come. That segment was from like a day or two ago, and it took um, a person that might not even actually be a real person and Dove Kleiman <laughs> retweeting it to like you know inject it into the gambling Twitter and draft Twitter atmosphere, you know to to really get some some action. And yeah, the, the markets are so sensitive. Patrick in the chat says that was the stupidest market move ever. Yeah, we have these every year. And it did, and Alex, yeah, it was just Mortensen kind of talking about what he was mocking, I, I believe. So uh, I do want to, I do want to get your opinion on this. Where do you think we were last year at this point, as far as uh, let's just say all the mocks that we re- that we recommend, that we respect, and stuff? Like, how many different number one picks were there at this point last year? I think we're still a month out. We're still sitting on like two or three different guys that various people are mocking and that's so i don't think we're any different this year there's been there's been basically all three quarterbacks are being mocked still at the top right now just i haven't seen any levis ones for a bit 
Yeah, and it, I mean, it, it is a little different because last year was there really weren't any quarterbacks. But it was around this time that you started seeing the transition from Hutchinson to Trayvon. And then there were a bunch of stubborn guys that refused to move off of Hutchinson. And eventually they did a couple weeks out. Uh, but I, I think it was around now when it started to change its course to Trayvon. Um, but again, it, it's like a totally – it's with the these being quarterbacks, it, it is different. Where Trayvon came from – kind of nowhere um he was in like the Tyree range before he started to move up into the number one slot um if anything like this week it's the mocks have been just like more off the rails than anything uh, where I feel like the mocks I've been reading this week are the quote-unquote what Schrager does like the nuclear mocks that are against the grain in every aspect um, yeah where he is he's coined it where he likes to get reactions from it who he hasn't even put out a mock draft yet um but yeah like i guess the consensus is starting to be broken but we still are somewhat in, like everything i'm seeing is shroud there's a couple bryces and then really what the cardinals do is the million dollar question um yeah no and I, I think it's a good good point you bring up with trayvon walker from last year and you said some people started to move towards Trayvon. And whether those people were actually in the know or if they were just, you know, friend of a friend of a, hey, this other guy who I know is in the know just mocked Trayvon one. I'm mocking him one. I think there's some decent, you know, if you're the kind of person who's grabbing screenshots or tracking mocks like you are, Luke, it's a good thing to track is like who is able to change their mind and go with like, well, this is right. So I'm putting it in my mock the fastest or, and who does that every year? Like, you know, some of the news around Stingley or London, like the guys who are just saying, well, this has probably happened. It's informational. It's going in my mock and then using that information to kind of realize what kind of trust level you should be putting in that mock that from that person next year, because I swear to God, we got to the draft day and, you know, there's like, oh, the draft starts at whatever, seven o'clock or whatever time it is. And the first pick doesn't happen for like, what, 40 minutes, it seems like. It just drags. But when they did say like, all right, we're doing the pick, now the pick, they seriously go to, it, not McShay, what's a, they go to Kuiper. And Kuiper does a big like sizzle reel for for Tibbs, or no, uh, Michigan kid. Uh, uh, Hutchinson? Why can't I think of his name? Hutchinson, yeah, Hutchinson. There was like a, there was, if you go back and watch the beginning of the mock, it's like, on you know live TV, he says, you know, I think this is probably going to be Hutchinson, and they show a bunch of Hutchinson clips, and it's like, doesn't the whole world know that's not true? Like, I, I don't understand. So it's that's kind of what I'm talking about. It's like the people who move fast. Yeah. So it's my am I a little slow? Yeah, I'm in a I'm in a hotel. Sorry. Yeah, you're lagging. It's all good. I don't know if, um, you're in and out, but I don't know if that's good. I don't know if that's good. I'll just let you talk to the rest. The rest <laughs> it's more it's more good than bad. Um, where I mean, it brought it brings you like the Paolo with the NBA draft is like exhibit A of mm -hmm. it being a sensitive market. Um, but yeah, it's at this point, still think it's Stroud. I guess maybe my confidence level on it being Stroud has wavered a little bit, but not enough to take any action on it. Um, if anything, what I learned from the last NBA draft, it's like is just don't buy into the movements 
like don't hedge when you don't have info that you've gotten um, and don't just hedge because one tweet came out or one mock came out. Um, kind of just ride it out until you have a certainty um, if you've gotten good numbers. Yeah. Which leads me to a, some little bit of certainty, but you you made a bet. Which you talk about talk about your JSN bets, your feelings about how the market moved afterwards after that one opened up after you got into that market and how you're feeling about it now. What you think his range of outcomes is? Yeah. So it was. <laughs> um, it saw it the second it popped on my screen, and. Honestly, DraftKings, they've unloaded a bunch of over-unders so far. And most of them have been really good, honestly. Um, it is years past. It has been way worse. Um, where this JSN number that they posted gives me hope that they still suck at this. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> um, it, it opened at 11 and a half. The second I saw it, it was like automatic. Um, it should have been... It should have been 12 and a half at least to start where when I'm betting an over, I want like betting an over like one option is like, that's when we're good. Uh, when it's more than one option and you're betting an over when it's this low, that's when I start to like, I'm not, I waver. I let it marinate a little bit, but like JSN, it is like, you have the top 10 and then you have the Titans who took a wide receiver in the first round of last year. Um, Tackle is the heavy favorite for the Titans to go at 11 and then probably quarterback. And then I guess, and then probably D line and then wide receiver. So the Titans going JSN at 11 for a week class that I'm just not, I'm not sold on JSN. Like I love flowers. It just, I, it, it really was automatic. It should be 12 and a half. Like when I typed it into my sheet, like the over, based off of like the 41 mocks that I track, it was like 86%, 85% or something like that. And it quickly moved. Um, I apologize. Like when these things are getting posted right now, like they are moving fast um, and I kind of, I guess, destroyed it. Um, but I hope a lot of people got it. Um, whether like I would have taken any number at 11 and a half uh, where I'll, I'll send the warnings out moving forward. But this one was just a bad line. Um, it should have been 12 and a half because the Texans are by far the favorite to take him and not even so that they're going to. Like he seeing him in the 20s um, where there are some rumors about the Bears loving JSN. I just I don't buy that either. Um, it, it's Titans are bust and I just have a lot more confidence in the Titans going in different directions given their state um, than JSN at 11. That's that's the thing too. Like it's not just hey the Titans maybe and or, or the Bears I guess in that case somebody takes a wide receiver. It's not only somebody takes a wide receiver, which is by far the dog in you know one through eleven all of it, but somebody has to take a wide receiver and it has to be him. Like the odds of, I mean the odds of just saying wide receiver. First wide receiver over – would you have bet that same price if it just said any wide receiver over 11.5 or no no wide receivers before 12? Like it's the same – it's the same market almost. Like, yeah, I mean I – know, I, know I know he's favorite, but like if, I don't – I just don't see any teams wanting to reach like that at all. And obviously the Texans being kind of your, your first spot. There's almost a, there's almost a middle at this point now. 
<laughs> and I mean, right now the Titans odds for first position, right? Currently, like first position that they'll draft wide receiver is plus 1400. I think it's plus 1600 yeah. on Caesar. So like that gives you an idea of like the procession of them taking a wide receiver where O-line is minus 125, QB is plus 125. Then you got D-line nine to one where these might be a little bit like wide receiver might be a little inflated because quarterback has come down from 1600 um, over the last week. I think O-line was like minus 250 at one point, but when you, it was just a bad line at 11 and a half. And honestly, at 12 and a half, it's severely juiced to the over at this point. But if it was any lower, it would, I would have interest in it. Um, right now, my sheet's saying 50-50. So um, 12 and a half is where it should be. I, there's, yeah. I mean, I don't see a team in the top 10 outside, I guess, a long shot for the Bears going receiver either. Yeah. Um, the only fly in the ointment, and this one feels just as unlikely, but the the steam around Tennessee trading to the three spot. So let's say um, Arizona stays in that, I guess. But, I mean, Arizona has so many other needs at that point. I'm not sure if they want a wide receiver, why don't you trade back again at that point? Right. Go grab you're you're in a rebound. I don't know. I, I haven't seen anything linking them to we would trade back and then take a wide receiver at eleven. Yeah, like, I would obviously, even... if if you you know you reference the Titans' likely positions by 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 what the odds were, the Cardinals one wouldn't be a good representation if they are if they traded back. Like the odds sitting there right now are them drafting third, where wide receiver would be hilarious. Right. You know, at eleven, it's less hilarious, but I th- still think it's it's such a it's such a dog to what they would actually do. And yeah, Patrick, I agree too. Like I've seen people with the mocks saying Bears take wide receiver. Like, <sighs> man, I would if I'm the Bears, I'm adding I'm I'm adding that later in the in the draft. You you need so many other things right now as well. Um, yeah, and the like if they move back to eleven, it would be more like that's one like Lucas Van Ness type picks coming to play for them. Like I, or I kept seeing Gonzalez falling a little um, Witherspoon, like they're kind of just swapping, which yeah, wide receiver. Not like, I guess the biggest, if a team like a team, like the Seahawks traded back to like 11 or something where the Titans traded up to five because maybe Levis fell two five and the Seahawks go to 11 that's when it could get a little bit dicey but at the same time like yeah. I just see guys at 11 and a half I see guys like Van Ness Nolan just having present over it we're like 12 and a half is 50 50 um, I wouldn't have just shot it out at well, 12 and, and a half and let it marinate a third wide receiver is a need for Seattle but I'm not sure it's this, it's the need you address, even if you trade it back yeah. to that spot. Like that that feels like such an easy spot to fill by taking. Hey, we're gonna take a guy in the third, a guy in the fourth, and find some UDFAs and see if somebody catches on, rather than yeah, wasting if, high draft capital on something like that. And if like a scenario like that burns me for a bet like this, like I'm fine with that. <laughs> like if something like the Seahawks trading back and taking a wide receiver at 11 is the reason. I lose that bet. Like I can live with that hundred yeah. percent. That is totally fine. Um, you want to talk about the other, the other new bets, the new totals mm-hmm. that were put up, the ones that you, you claim are real good job. DraftKings. 
First time um, we said something nice about a sports book, I guess. Uh, so, debating whether they bought access to the Google Doc too, um, because some of the they're just a lot of them. There's only a couple on my sheet right now that have any like edge on the percentages over under. Um, where last night they posted Joey Porter, JSN, and Paris Johnson. Uh, which Paris Johnson, 10 and a half, great line, 50-50. Like, I don't, yep. Um, and then Porter, if I could have bet that it would have opened up at 16 and a half, I would have. Um, but that's another good line. I would not, I'm seeing something that like the media is higher on Porter than the perception. And I did see, which was 17 and a half, I think the under would get crushed because for someone that gets mocked in the 16 to like 17 range, I haven't seen a higher consensus in a long time. Like we're talking yeah. Patrick Sertain to the Cowboys a couple of years ago, consensus, <laughs> like every single mock has them, him to Washington or the Steelers, um, which. Look, yeah. Current, um, current company included. And yeah, I mean, it, it's so hard of a consensus. If you made me bet it, I'd probably take the over depending on the juice yeah. at this point. And the over got hit. It's up to yeah. 225, which, which a lot of them are juiced out, which is what they're doing at this point. Instead of moving the line, um, they're juicing everyone out. Um, but a couple others since we talked. Broderick Jones opened up at 12.5. They moved that to 13.5. Should have been 13.5 from the start. Uh, I was looking at – like I was – and I'm going to I'm gonna blame Passover – uh, I was at my wife's for Passover. Yesterday. Oh, God, you were at Seder? <laughs> and I was, which was stressful being at the table, knowing that over-unders could come. Um, but Christian Gonzalez over six and a half, really, like I was close yesterday. I think it was like at minus 160, 60 or 65. Um, and by the time dinner was over, it got up to like 225, which I'm just not going to do it at that point. Um, but with Witherspoon having a good pro day, it definitely, I think Jalen's starting to come back into the fold. Like, I think he's going to go five or six. Um, the Gonzalez at six and a half is too low. Like, I think it should be seven and a half at this point. Um, maybe even eight and a half. Um, like, the like my sheet, the over just keeps getting higher and higher every day. Um, but other than that, Jalen's still seven and a half. Uh, Anderson, we're at the three and a half is at minus 400 and then zay flowers at 24 and a half is a good line um and then they also posted like conferences and position totals which the conferences the one that i had interest in which i had a lot more interest when i was going through it was what was it it was big 10 players like at eight and a half and i realized i was counting i think it was iowa state and oh god I was counting Iowa State and another purple logo, not Northwestern. Um, Kansas State. Oh, Kansas State. I was counting them towards like the guys that would put the eight and a half over. And all of a sudden it went from like six guys to like three. And I lost interest, but that overtook a lot of money, which I agree with that one. Um, yeah. Then the others are kind of staying where they are. Have we seen, have you seen Bama? Uh, that's, it seems to me we get one every year for Bama. Sometimes we get it for Georgia. I know that will be that will be a market. It almost always is. The SEC one is usually pretty interesting because it, it sometimes it's like 
you know, it's like, hey, Bama, six and a half, Georgia, four and a half. And then it's like SEC, 12 and a half. You know, it's like, oh, there's a game cock and, and there's a guy from Missouri. It is, SEC is 11 and a half right now. SEC which, usually pretty, yeah, that so sounds high. about right. Yeah. Um, I know, but I mean, you start, you start counting all the guys that could sneak in at that point. I've, I've dealt, I've, I've put money into those Bama markets in the past for sure. There's usually just, you know, you got to have some good intel on a couple. Like, there has to be like one more guy than you think you need that's like, this guy could definitely slip into the first at that point. That's, uh, no, that's kind of where I'm at on those. It's, it's, it's still early on those for sure. And then the last one, and then with the, then we had positional, which quarterbacks being at four and a half. I mean, the over four and a half, I think it was like, plus 200 at one point it was all the way down to almost even money i want to say tuesday night yeah the the hooker hype and it's come back up which it should have it's the unders at 225 but it got the under hat i think at one point it was minus 130 um and i i even saw more mocks today have hooker in the first um i mean i i i I, I don't buy it at all. Um, the under at four and a half at anything below like minus 150, like I would say yes. Um, at this point, it's just too much. It's just too dicey for me. Like I believe in the under four and a half, but you can't help yourself but buy all these reports that you see every day. And I guess just too scared to take the under. Um, yeah. But I I would not bet the over unless it was like, might as well wait for like. I feel like it's just an. Yeah, it feels like just in another case where the Twitter analysts are a lot more in love with Hendon Hooker than actual NFL GMs are, or you know, actual NFL GMs understand that. Well, I can I can draft this guy, but I'm going to do it tomorrow. It certainly it doesn't need to, it doesn't need to be done on a Thursday. Uh, I'm, I'm with you there. I mean, obviously there was there was one mock that had him in the top ten, which is. Hmm something i mean I, I won't have any mocks that come out with hindered hooker probably in the first round at all i mean if jeremiah or like brugler come out with hooker in the first round of the next mock then i'll like okay i'll take a step back and start to think about it um but in a very copycat product like i'm not even close to being there yet um no. where i think mcshay had him in the first a couple of days ago which his mock was very underwhelming um so i'm not even going there um yeah it's just there's been some there's been some underwhelming ones Branson. um <laughs> levis set your levis number levis that I, I have no idea what you're gonna say right now i don't uh, really have a good thought on this if you had to set it if you're a book if i'm luke, a luke luke bet.com mm, if i'm setting it i would make it six and a half yeah, six and a half. Yeah. It's wild how many mocks are well below that. So, I mean, that's one where there's kind of a – there's a really split opinion on that where there's the kind of the conventional wisdom that we had a month ago that's like, hey, we could go quarterback, 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 quarterback. And then there's some people like, ah, the Vikings probably take Levis at 20-whatever. Actually, maybe and I would do I seven know. and a half. Basically, it's like you're setting it around the Raiders where he's either going to go – you want to bet the under you're betting on him either going top four and then you have the Raiders, Raiders which is like line, the tipping yeah. point um, or he falls. 
um, to like the Titans at 11 or just further back? Because I'm seeing them all the way to like 15, 14 today. Um, so he's definitely one that is tough. That is one that you could definitely, I think, as you like, unless it's a really bad line, you want to jump on it. But like, that's one I think we are going to learn as we get closer. Like, I even saw what I see. I saw one of him at three today with Titans trading up, but I don't know if you'd want to set it. Like, do you think there's a better chance of him going in the top four or him going in the like not top four? Now that now now that you spoke it into truth, I think seven and a half, like minus one fifty to the under. Yeah, like you you make people pay for the Raiders to. If he does, if he gets past the Raiders, it might it might be a case where this guy falls, you know, another ten spot. It might be full full S Aaron Rodgers at that point. There's just a ton of teams that probably wouldn't take a quarterback or weren't looking at it all, have other other big needs, and he might fall. And at that point, it doesn't matter. You know, it's you're not points betting this. It doesn't. Yeah. You lose, you lose. Actually, I said it's six and a half. You don't get extra. Yeah, six. I'm and still, half. I think I'm still at seven and a half. I'd make you, I'd make you pay to play the Raiders. Okay. I mean, that's, I mean, I think either of them, like that is like, I think that is a guy that one book could have six and a half, another could have seven and a half. Um, where if you want to take the under, you're betting on him going in the top four. If you want to bet the over, um, so you're going to bet on the Raiders, which I don't think, it, I think it's becoming more and more clear that the Raiders aren't going QB. Um, if like Levis is there. Yeah. Richardson minus 300 versus Levis plus 200. Is it? Yeah. Is it? I know it's not an exciting market to bet in, but I mean, is there a world where all this Richardson hype is is complete horseshit and he, he falls? I feel like so many teams have identified him as a project they're excited about enough that that number's probably good. Like, I don't think I'd bet two to one on Levis. Oh uh, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't. I honestly don't think I would bet either. Like I don't think no, I, it's not a market I'm interested in. But like, yeah. if you gave me five hundred dollars and you have to bet it, I'd I'd probably lay the choose. Agreed. For yeah. Sure. Uh, the, do you want to talk cornerback market? We saw some movement in that as well. I'm um, not sure. What do you, What do you think was driving that the most? The uh, the Witherspoon, you know, Gonzalez flip. I mean, it's just been. It feels like it's just been a bunch of mocks. Uh, it was his pro day yesterday. So Witherspoon sure. hasn't. Yeah. He hadn't tested and. Because he was, I think it was a hamstring at the combine, yep. and no one was really certain that he was going to run his forty, which he did. Um, and he was, I think it was like a four, 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 one, four, four, six, um, which you're assuming he's not 100 percent given the injury because he couldn't work out of the combine. Yeah. Which I think it, like, basically made it a certainty that he was going to go in the top ten. And Gonzalez feels like he's losing steam. Um, and they're Witherspoon and Gonzalez is very much like guys like Jeremiah, like a ride or die Witherspoon. Um, and then it feels mm -hmm. like the consensus of like, I guess the Twitter consensus is maybe Gonzalez. Um, but that, that is one of the, that is like, it's like Witherspoon, Gonzalez, Mayer, Kincaid are like the two top guys that there is a split down the middle on who everyone loves. Um, and, Witherspoon, I think, has a better fit with the teams in that range. But, yeah, I think they're both going to go top 10, honestly. 
Yeah, I still I still don't understand the Kincaid steam, but the Witherspoon stuff makes sense. Although I did want to, you know, I did want to kind of compare him to Richardson, where we'd like, oh my god, this kid was crazy at the combine, and now he's like moving up. It's like, wasn't that expected? And I guess with Witherspoon, you know, the injury. I mean, I, I was under the understanding he was almost close to like working out at the combine. He just thought it would be a bad idea. He wasn't going to be a full hundred percent, and that he would be fine by, by, you know, now. So like the fact that he ran pretty quick, it's like, you know, that's, I guess it was just kind of what we expected. I, I, I don't know if that drove that much steam. I guess there was some mocks that, like you said, it is a split decision. There's some people who like him better. Honestly, I'm not a big grind the tape guy, but I've watched Witherspoon tape. Like if you made me pick one, I'd take him. Christ. I mean, I, I, a sick animal. I think, it, I think the 40 was more about him not being slow. Than him running yeah. really fast. Like when I saw the four four one four four six, I was like, whatever. Like I didn't think. Yeah. Like if he ran in the four three nine or something, then it would be like holy shit. But I think people just want to know if he was going to run the four fives, um, and him not running slow solidified it because uh, he hadn't run yet. But like yeah, I agree. He like he's he's a dog. Um, got that dog in your uh, your affiliate Ryan. Noonan is like his biggest fan, um, the Noonanator, which he got heavily involved, which I think he had to do with the odds coming down yesterday as well. Um, Cause right now I think it's, they're tied like minus 110 between the two. I think I'm going to see him in a bit. He lives here, I guess. He's a Chicagoan. Chicago. I'll tell him, I'll, I'll, t- yeah, I'll tell him you, uh, you pumped him up a little. He, you know, how he loves defensive players. He's a big tackle prop guy. I don't even want to talk about the tight ends thing. I have no idea what is actually going to like decide that. It feels like we're going to get information on Witherspoon at some point and we'll know, like, all right, this team likes him. He is going, uh, you know, he is going to be the first corner, corner off the, off the board. And we'll understand it. I just, it just feels like we're never going to get that information. Do we ever get tight end information? It feels like whenever somebody takes a tight end outside of pits, it's just like, all right, well, we have to take a tight end. Like uh, it's, it's deep enough in the draft and there's a good one. Tight end. I like no my, Meyer's really good, but it's just not, yeah, n- nobody, I don't, I don't even know what I'm trying to say here. It just like feels like there's never good tight end information, and it's like I've just kind of given up on getting any. And the, which there is it with Witherspoon. Is, I think his name's Joe Marino. There's like a Falcons – I don't know if he's like a beat writer or just a Falcons blogger, kind of like Staten. Uh, but he's been pumping the Falcons loving Witherspoon for a couple of days now. Yeah. Um, and I've been following him for a – a little while to enough where I think he called the guy that they took last year. Um, but he's been pumping Witherspoon to the Falcons at eight, which really comes down to whether he goes before he that. Be six, um, yeah. But at this point, like if I was setting Witherspoon's over under, I would make it maybe another seven and a half. No, nah, I think I would make it like <laughs> you could make it eight and a half juicy to the to one direction. Yeah, it would be – yeah, honestly, I think, like, eight and a half. Like, I think that's – in maybe we're just – it could be the, the recency bias of yesterday. But yeah, eight and a half feels pretty fair. Um, You've raised yeah. an interesting point, though. That that was the guy who kind of identified, hey, it's going to be London. He was. And, that's what it was, yeah. And when you have somebody like that who is 
connected well enough and, and gets it right like that, especially if he gets it right again, then you, you really have to take him to take him at his word. So yes, yeah, so we have to figure out who that was for sure. I am somewhere. I'll get him. Um, yeah, we got a book. We got a bookmark somewhere on a list. Let's see. Uh, yeah. I mean, he's, I think, I think he's very like similar to Staten in terms of like, he's not Just a well, well connected to one team. Yeah. yeah he's like a, Blogger, which Staten is my guy. He is going like I think the more mocks that come out from high profile people that have Jalen at five, the stronger his take is becoming that the Seahawks are not going to take Jalen at five. I think like after like when McShay put Jalen at five, it like really triggered him where he wrote a multiple page blog about them not going there. And I like he is the only reason I don't have interest in Jalen under seven and a half. Like if Staden didn't have this take, like seven and a half would have. Like I, I don't think yeah. he's going to fall. Like people think he will with the character stuff. No, it's going to be months removed at that point. We're, we're going to forget all about that. So I'm with you on Jalen. I don't have a strong take. I didn't really get any good updates on offensive tackle. I got the uh, kind of three guys. in the. Yeah, three in the mix now. But yeah, the Falcons guy's good. Cam Marino. great. Cam and then Marino, like Dan, and his at is Marino NFL, uh, where yesterday he. Oh, Dan, can you put him on a banner? Put him up. That's going to be our, our follow guy of the day. And I guess it actually he. Who did, uh, who, did we, who did we do last time? That was the. It was the guy with all the Instagram posts from yeah. all the like he's and he is doing so many of those now. Like there's so many visits, it's hard to keep track of everybody. Yeah, and I, I guess like Breer, I guess in Marino looking at from yesterday too, he quote he quoted Albert Breer, who on uh, one of his articles he posted was harping the Falcons loving Witherspoon too. Um, yeah. So like yeah, like eight and a half, love it. I like. Him. I like the fit too, and I talked about this. I said this with both the Lions and the Falcons. Like, if you, they already invested in this defensive secondary. Make it a goddamn strength because it's such a weakness for multiple years at this point. So, I like the pick for either of those teams. Yeah, if they were to set a Witherspoon over under anywhere above the Falcons, I'd be pretty hard on that under. Even if it, you know, you said an eight and a half minus two hundred, I'm probably in the two hundred. Because I think there's two teams that are legitimately interested in, on on that side of it. It's so hard. To, like, it's so hard to lay juice to the under because it's not, not like you know. There's only so many spots at that point. You get one trade and it can blow shit up. But mm. yeah, very annoying. I will say too, as we're talking about uh, just guys who are connected to teams, accounts that exclusively tweet about one team, their draft process, their thoughts, any insider stuff. There are like nine accounts like that for the Bears. And I feel like I can't trust any of them. I, None say, of them. I feel like they're all they're all just bullshit accounts. They no, there's one. Come out of nowhere. They, get, lay it on me because there's like nine that I think are just fucking just saying shit to say shit. I mean, if uh, honestly, if we were like deciding on who we were going to give a shout out, I would have said this guy prior to. two shout outs. It's not, hold on. It's, There's no rules. It's duh. A Bears blog has been great. Um, let me find it. And I honestly, I don't. Th I think he's. I think he's like not blowing smoke. Like the guy from. Do we have history? I mean, do we have history of the guy? Uh, I don't know. He's a rookie. He's a rookie of the year candidate. It's just. I mean, it is da Bears blog. 
Um, he has 44,000 followers, so I don't have a history on him, so I'm not betting anything off of him. But you can just tell in the context of the tweets where, like, the guy from the Colts in, like, February who was just, like, firing off, like, like the rookie, like, NFL rookie watch Twitter account, like, I'm not oh, yeah, yeah. that stuff. Um, and he was, like, that was a similar to the Colts guy um, where – like the Bears blog, which I love just saying, duh. Um, like he had a couple of good things about Cancy today. Uh, he's been harping Paris Johnson at nine, um, where like the blog guys are the best because if they are connected, there isn't any like bridges that they're going to be burning where like these beat reporters have to like go into like the press conferences and still ask these coaches and general managers questions and. They still have like a relationship to man- maintain, I guess you could say. Where, but but when they tweet stuff, they're they're not. Yeah, exactly. Like I mean, the Bears. You know, you know what I mean. Like they they can't like burn a bridge that way if nobody knows who they are. I like that. Well, we're gonna I'm gonna put a pen. I'm gonna put a pin in him, and we're gonna go back and look at it, you know his takes and grade it after the. This is something we should do after the draft. Is like grade. Grade the insiders, grade the mockers, and be like, who was the f- most full of shit? Who was right the most? Who probably should have been right more, but I mean, Albright know, just had bad luck with trades. Albright, like, Albright, Albright's never been right. You're right. <laughs> wow. So, like, I mean, one good take in 10 years. He had a tough, it was a tough scene for him last year. But based on history of the two years prior of last year, I mean, I don't think anyone made me more money. Uh, from like Twitter than Albright um, because he was just putting out stuff that he was hearing and it's like stupid eyeball emoji. Um, he had a, he had a one, I forget who he had one, a couple he went, days ago. He went to Harvard and Yale at the same time while serving <laughs> in the military. I, think. I know. Remember yeah, him and incarcerated Bob were just going at it. I know. That was the best feud on Twitter for a while. Um, I, I know Albright, Albright does have some insights. I just think he's an insufferable. Uh, no, I, I, I mean, I, I know I'm standing on, I should no, change I like my, it all right. um, my my profile photo to me of just like looking at my phone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's the worst profile picture. I think you, and my profile know. picture is me with a giant hat photoshopped on me. He, I think it was yeah, a so tough scene recently. There was something that he like totally, I think it was like he was going to send some guy $1,000 if something happened. Um, he sent it to him. He did send it, but I think it got sent to a charity. It was like a charity or something. I, I think was. that's what ended up. No, I don't think he's a bad dude. He just uh, not very self aware sometimes. I don't know him. Um, it's just he just, which is like he he's taken heat because he has the balls to put things out that he's hearing uh, yeah. that a lot of other people either can't or they just won't. Um, and it's maybe. It's, it's, have you ever been to Denver? I'm not. Maybe it's just that I don't like Denver all that much. I mean, I have family there, and I love those guys. They're great. But, like, sometimes you go to the bars in Denver, it's like everybody's just trying really hard. I just I, the, the city gives me weird vibes sometimes in certain parts of it. So maybe I just don't like Denver. And also, yeah. I don't like the Broncos because uh, they were just such a pain in the ass to handicap the last few years. So, all right, we'll, we'll, we'll move on from that. I, don't, I honestly don't have a whole lot more I'm waiting for – over under markets that I think have value at this point. And really like I'm on the same page as you, the rest of them were pretty well set as uh, infrequently as we'll say nice things about sports books. They did a good job on like 90% of them. And then they set a JSN one that was a full spot off and it wasn't like 
uh, an under, it was an important spot. Like, you know, we've talked about this in previous podcasts where like moving from six to seven is a really big deal for like certain picks or something or uh, certain picks over under. And they really were on the wrong side of 12 with this one. Yeah, they were on the wrong side. The rest side of them were just kind of where they're at. Right. Um, but yeah, I don't really have any anything more to be honest either. Like we will, um, and I am noticing that the over unders, at least on DraftKings, are getting posted later. Um, last mm-hmm. year they were get, they were getting put up in the morning, where the first thing I do when I wake up is still check. Um, but I, I think JSN got posted at like ten o'clock last night Eastern. Um, and Mando should be soon. Caesars is it? Caesars is always last. So like, I'm not like, I'm not considering Caesars late to the party. Um, but they had they added team position, um, and it is like in pot. If you go on their app, like, there's no order to it. It's not alphabetical. It's just yeah, I think it's it. <laughs> it's a mess. It's an absolute mess. Yeah. Um, but they have stuff, so like, pay attention to them as well. Um, but a couple I, of the offshores are that way too, where it's just, it's like, there's no rhyme or reason to how you organize this. You yeah, just have to just, scroll all of it. It's what if they got added, but. Although yeah, oh, I, would, I would be pretty pumped if some stuff were added tonight because I'm actually in Illinois at this point and I can, I can jump on some of those legal markets at this point. I got to yeah, check no, how that works. The first thing I'm learning is that there is not, it is not too, the day cannot be too late for these things to be added. Uh, FanDuel added positionals last month at like 11 Eastern. Uh, DraftKings yeah. has been adding at like 10. Um, well, that's when the national championship game started. It's not that late. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know if we have any questions in the comments, which I don't read. Well, I mean, somebody did ask about the sheets. I'm, I'm, I'm pressing on this because I feel like it. any bonuses for those that bought the sheet? Bonuses. I don't know. <laughs> Give the guy a bonus. Uh, no, I'm just sorry. A shitload of information. I'm, I really appreciate you buying it, um, but I, I'm not going to go there with it only being $35. Um, that's just. It is a ton of info, and it's a lot of work for on your end to keep that up to date, even when people are only putting them out mocks every three weeks, even though they swore they'd do it every weekend. We will, maybe, maybe at one point, like I'm not ruling it out, but. Um, Current, just use it. Um, I think you should throw in all your day two bets for f- only in the sheet. That's my opinion. Because those aren't as good. Actually, your day two stuff did pretty well. I yeah, think day you two. Had, like, Mechie and um, there's another one that starts with an M. There was like two or three really good over-unders you had on day two. Yeah, the, the best ones and, were uh, the corner. I forget that there's a corner one. But the wide receiver from Cincinnati that the Colts drafted, um, who was what's his name again? God, either I know. I know I'm, you're talking about. He did well. Um, yeah, like they posted him. It was like one thirty nine, and he went like he went quick. Um, and then there was a tight end too. That yeah, was way too well. But yeah, the day two stuff is way fun. Uh, I mean, yeah, maybe I'm down. I mean have to see how posting just publicly in general um, goes, which I yeah. hope to. Somebody asked what you think the number for JSN should be. I think we kind of answered that. It's it's where it should be at this point right now, and it's been beat into place pretty quickly. Christopher Davis says, I saw Solak tweet Richardson should go number 
one. He did soften that stance a little, I think, in, in following tweets where he just said, like, I'm not, you know, he, he acknowledges the same stuff we acknowledge. Like, he thinks the upside is so high that the risk-reward says, why wouldn't you take this guy? Because the ceiling's sky high on him. But teams don't always operate that way based on where their GMs and front offices are in their kind of their employment cycle. So, you know, Solak, and Solak says that and fully understands that, like, his opinion is one thing and how a team might treat having the, a team might have that same opinion and still not want to take Richardson one because of, you know, the risk reward, because teams can be a lot more risk averse than gambling, Twitter, mock draft, Twitter, whatever you want to call it. So I think mm-hmm. uh, I, I agree with Solak. Like the, the upside is nuts. It just uh, it's the downside is Achilles Smith, you know, and the downside is like we drafted Cade McNow and we drafted Tim couch. It's, this is bad. We wasted a really high pick, and this kid's never going to get it. Yeah. I just can't wrap my head around a number one pick not starting day one, um, which is the general yeah. assumption of Richardson happening. Um, Patrick has a question. Shit, I clicked the wrong one. Um, any chance Jones goes to first offensive lineman? I don't I think so. I, I, I don't I'm think not, anything's out of the realm of possibility between those three. Like the where it settles, it could be any of them based on it, and it's going to be like a a good informational chunk that's going to come out on like what a team loves, and one guy's going to close like minus two hundred. I feel like, yeah, and I, I mean Paris is cre- keeps creeping up, and mm-hmm. I bet Broderick after like a Jeremiah tweet, I want to say in like February, um, if if I didn't, if I hadn't have bet that then. I probably wouldn't be betting it right now, but I do still think it is a possibility, but I would be like, like it's one of the ones that I'm kind of just like not counting on the hit that I would be very happy if it did. Um, unless like yeah. Jeremiah tweeted the same thing out again. Um, but like, I don't know. The Titans have been burned by Georgia a couple times at offensive line. So I don't know about them at 11. Um, or like Paris Johnson is like best friends with fields from Ohio state. Um, it just feels like the stars align a lot more for Paris at nine. Uh, but at the same time, like Broderick, we've seen Jeremiah, we've seen a couple of people, just it's kind of the Witherspoon to Gonzalez comparison um, yeah. where everyone has kind of a stance between the two where, or even Skronsky. Um, mm. I know like three months ago, I was just like, hey, the Bears should just take Skronsky. That's, and it, I mean, more than three months ago, this is like December because it looked like the Bears were going to, draft like fifth or sixth and then they just could not get a win which was obviously great for them at that point like the i don't know what i would have put odds on them drafting first overall at that point there was like three or four teams that were clearly worse than them and they just they couldn't get a win after uh i think they had three wins through five weeks man and then they went uh they went the rest yeah once fields got hurt it once fields hurt his shoulder it was just yeah it got real rough so no, good questions, guys. I think that's, uh, that's probably about it. I have not been to Pequod's Pizza. I'm heading up to Wrigleyville here in a bit to meet up with the Bleacher Nation crew. They're doing an event. There's a band. It's, uh, I'm gonna have I'm gonna have some drinks. But take it easy though, because I'm old. Hell yeah. Uh, otherwise, yeah, you guys appreciate it. Uh, hit the thumbs up, Luke. Anything else for peace out for the day? No, we're good. Thank you. All right. Happy Passover, happy draft season. (laughs)
Did you say happy Passover? I don't know. See you guys.